Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Reason We Learn. Thank you for joining me today for a conversation with Buck Angel. If this is your first time here, I hope you'll consider subscribing so you can be notified about new content, especially live shows like this one. The goal is for this to be a meeting place, a town hall of sorts, where people who want to improve education come to hear ideas and share their own, a place where diversity of thought is not only welcome, but championed. So with that goal in mind, I've invited Buck Angel, a transsexual man who was born female, to talk with us about gender and trans ideology, how it's being taught to our kids in school and celebrated by politicians, corporations, and media that all our kids are exposed to all the time. They interact with daily. We will talk for about an hour here, and then we're going to move over to Patreon for the last like 20, 25 minutes or so for some extended bonus content for patrons there. If you're not currently a patron of my Patreon, please consider becoming one and you can have access to this bonus content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Buck Angel. Hi, Buck. <laughs> Hi, my friend. How are you? Thanks I'm for good. Me Thanks for yeah. having me on. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for joining wow. us. So I didn't give people, I didn't give people like a big intro to you because I want you <laughs> to tell people your background and your words, and I'm not going to speak for you. So okay. who's Buck Angel? What do we need to know about? <laughs> I'm a scary man. No, <laughs> no that, that being said, I'm, I'm a, well, you did sort of say it. I'm a transsexual man. Um, I was born female. I'm a biological female uh, who really just had gender dysphoria and couldn't deal with it. And, and, you know, I born, I was born in 1962. I'm 60 years old today. And I, I'm not today, but last, I was going to say like a <laughs> couple weeks ago, I, cause I've been preparing for 60 for so long. I can't believe I made it. So that being said, I transitioned 30 years ago to live as a man. So I am not a man. I'm a transsexual man who is a biological female. So that's what kind of gets me in trouble out there in the community. But, you know, that's my story and that's how I live. And I'm very authentic and I'm very truthful about who and what I am and why I am this way. So in a nutshell, that's me. Right. And you're right that when you describe yourself as a biological female, that is something that's like taboo. That's right. If I were That's to right. say that about anyone but you, I'd probably get in trouble. You'd be like, um, <laughs> I, I know, right? Um, so it sounds like you 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 pretty much firmly live in reality then in the in the, in the way that we've understood it up until like mm. I don't know a few years ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now you just mentioned you you mentioned um, gender dysphoria. Now mm. you I've heard you speak before about that and about mm. your process of transition. Can you tell people? Yes a little bit about your process and the history of that? Sure. So, uh, gosh, yeah, it's so insane. <laughs> Honestly, I have a great life. So let me just say this. I struggled. I struggled as a kid. Uh, I was a tomboy, right? And I was a very masculine little girl who really liked to do boy things. And that's totally normal in so many respects. Uh, but what happened was I, you know, I think people think you're going to eventually grow out of it. My parents thought I would grow out of it. And my parents are amazing. And on some level, they did, you know, socially transition me as a child. I lived as Buck and I did all the boy things and I was super happy kid. I had no problems. It wasn't until I was, you know, like pretty much 16 or 17 and going through all the turmoil of a, of a young woman on some level while feeling like a man and not, not even knowing how to explain that to therapists. I went to many psychologists, many, you know, my parents put me in a, in a, in a, with a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist eventually put me in a mental uh, hospital for suicide attempts 
and you know alcoholism drug addiction all of it happened to me until in my 30s i got the opportunity to to become this person so i was diagnosed with gender dysphoria from an actual therapist who i spent mm -hmm. two years with she had no idea how to do it i was her first trans client but mm -hmm. that being said, we figured it out over two years of time. And she pushed back on me a lot. And she was like, you're really just a masculine woman. And I'm like, actually, no, I feel like a man. You know, this kind of stuff is so important for people to hear. If it wasn't for my therapist, I would not be here. I would not be here. Therapy is the number one most important thing. And I think why I'm so grounded as a trans person and why I am able to share my true, real, authentic story of being biologically female without feeling in any way, shape or form that takes away from my transition. In fact, it makes my transition even that much more powerful. That's interesting. Now, you you talk about, you know, you felt like a man or you felt like a boy. Yes. And we'll, we'll hear kids today say things like that or we'll hear yeah. stuff. And what that seems to have morphed into is this wrong body theory. That's right. So what you've described as gender dysphoria, a kind of a disorder. Yes. Um, is now kind of moving into something where people say, you know, well, if they feel like the opposite sex, how can mm -hmm. someone who's never, first of all, isn't biologically... <laughs> The opposite sex and right. obviously has never been that and never will be that biologically right. can i know it's really <laughs> yeah. hard to explain but what i'm imagining is that people today will say well if you felt like that right. and other people are saying they feel like that then how can you dispute wrong body theory uh-huh so so how can i dispute it i i don't dispute this feeling okay so everyone's okay. feeling is different i can't say that whatever other trans people are saying is the same feeling that i have so my feeling is that i want to the world to see me as how how i look now that's the feeling that i wanted to have so whatever that means to anybody of course i have no idea what it means to be a man or even what it means to be a woman that being said i think it is a very individual space so i wanted to emulate because that's on some level what i'm doing i'm emulating right. a man Man, across the world i'm not i have never changed my biology i just right. changed my physical space so i get what you're saying and i do think it could be quite dangerous to say i was born in the wrong body or i feel like but again we need to give space to people to sort of what my um what my platform does today is talk about the kids and transitioning. I don't care what an adult does. I'll be honest with right. you. I, I right. just cannot concern myself with that because it's not my space, but I can concern myself with young kids being medicalized. Sure. And that is really, so when a young kid says, I feel like a boy, which I did with my parents, they just slapped on the football jersey and the hat and gave me a skateboard <laughs> and let me just be that little boy, which clearly was the most healthy thing to do because, you know, I was happy as a kid. It wasn't until right. teen, people didn't understand that. It wasn't until like, you know, teenage years where everyone struggles, everyone struggles in that space, trying to find our footing. So I, I get it. The feeling has to be a very individual thing. It cannot be a sort of monolithic tone, if that makes sense. Well, you said something very important just now that I don't want to mm. let go. And that is that yeah. you wanted the world to see you that way. And you also gave voice to the notion that we have gender roles or we have gender yes. um, expressions in terms of stereotypical interests, clothing, hairstyles, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And that you, it sounds like, were attracted to those, wanted to be seen like those, that felt yeah. most comfortable for you. That's Today, right. what I'm hearing when people talk about wrong body is they're talking about a feeling inside of their own skin. Now, mm -hmm. did you have, when you were going through puberty and things like that, did you have the feeling inside your own skin that you wanted boy parts or that you just wanted to mm -hmm. be the outside world 
to see that masculine energy really visibly, like where you didn't like you could, that you could put it on that you could just like, look, what I feel like is what I want you to perceive the instant you see me. Yes. So that's like a different thing than feeling inside of your body. Such a great question. And that's really an in-depth question. And again, uh, what I'm saying to everyone out there is my story. Okay. I do not represent the trans community ever. Never have I, never will I. That is not what I do in my life. I am a person who puts myself visible to the world so people can see me as the person I am and what I want people to see why I did this. So I don't speak for anybody but myself. But that being said, that's an excellent question. I can remember being a kid and just saying, I want to look like G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe is what I want to look like. Now, was it the penis? G.I. Joe doesn't have a penis. (laughs) I just discovered. (laughs) I was like, oh, G.I. Joe is also a man with a vagina. So (laughs) I'm like, there's nothing there. So, so uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to have the masculinity. Now, of course, I was very, as I got older, but during this part, I think it was more the presentation, right? And my, my parents told me, tell me all the time, they're like, oh gosh, since you were four, we knew it since you were four, you would grab dad's underwear and want to put it on and put your cowboy boots on. And you were just like, uh, t- always very like wanting to head towards that space. But I don't think it was necessarily the actual equipment that I was always seeking because I still, I don't have that equipment. I never got that equipment because I never felt like I needed to have that. So more, what I saw physically was a male's chest. That was so uh, exciting as I grew older and really wanting to have that masculinized sort of body. But it wasn't, so it wasn't, I don't want my breasts and I don't want my vagina. It was okay. And and I asked that, and that as we get to my other questions, I think that will become obvious, like why I asked that. All right. Now, um, Cool. So then the, the next thing is, you know, you've been a fashion model, you've been Mm -hmm. in a, in a situation as a woman in a woman's body where I would imagine you got lots of praise and admiration for your female form. Yes. What did that feel like to get that reaction from the outside world? Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, did it have anything to do with how you felt in your body or was it all more up in here? It's always, I can tell you, my gender dysphoria is here. It's not here. It's here. Everything is here. Everything that we're talking about right now is here. It's why I believe in mental health as the number one most important thing you can ever do for anything that you deal with, especially with transitioning. It has to start in the brain. So so for me, it's always been the brain and the brain has always been the thing that sort of pushed me, me forward and, and had, had me not feeling confident in my in myself. I, I never okay. felt confident as a female. So even modeling, they literally were making me a supermodel. I mean, I was like the head, I was in the forefront of androgynous modeling in the early eighties, right? They were like, they had a, such a sight for me to become this. And what girl wouldn't want that, right? Like that is like kind of like a gift, but I was like, ew, <laughs> get away. But I did it. I did it because there's drugs and money and I saw it and I was like, I don't care. I'll wear a dress for cocaine. Who cares? So, yeah. you know, I got in that space because it wasn't it wasn't because I wanted to be a beautiful woman it's because I saw other things I could get from that right and not, okay so and you not. were like leveraging it but that's right you know, being perceived that way what didn't give you any f- good feelings it was hated like- it hated it okay. hated it hated it drank you- every day like got in fights with people I'd show up at model you know, like at, at what they call ghosties and I would have black eyes <laughs> from fighting right. the night before with a bunch of dudes so yeah I was I was not happy in the space. I was sort of 
pushed into the space. Right. Now, I mean, it's I, I don't think there is any possible way for people who haven't been in somebody else's shoes who don't feel like the way the outside world sees them matches who they are to, to even come close. So please don't hear me right. comparing anything. I'm just, I'm, obviously, a lot of us really want to understand. We want to have empathy. So like, That's I'm right. sitting there racking my brain yesterday trying to think, has there been a time in my life I mean, I was a tomboy, but you know, different. It's not that I want to be seen as a boy. I just liked hanging out with boys, but, um, and that boy masculine energy and boy activities, mm -hmm. but I didn't have the gender dysphoria. I, I knew I was a girl. I just liked boy stuff. Yeah. But the closest I can come to is that I was born with a particular kind of a birth defect that had my jaw grow way farther out than it should have. And I wasn't able to get it fixed till I was 17 years old. So the net effect is that it made my face, it made me look really angry a lot like angry and sad all the time because the way that my jaw was. And again, when you're a girl and then you already have a little bit of masculine energy, a lot of people responded to me going, you know, cheer up. Why don't you smile? What's wrong with you? Da, da, da. So it's, it's a negative rather than positive. But the, I remember feeling like I would give anything for the outside world to see me and respond to me the way I see me. Yeah. So, you know, the way I am inside, not just what this looks like, and it's, it can be very dysregulating. Like you just, you, and especially people are reacting to you. So if you felt like I want the world to see me this way and I'm going to put on that suit for lack of a better word, you know, then that is something fundamentally different from saying, I don't want to be a girl anymore. That's right. So it's like, one is like positive. Like I want to be seen. I want to be known who I really am. And the other is like, ew, ew, get rid of this, get rid of that. I don't want those things. And so I feel like when we talk about gender dysphoria, mm -hmm. um, a lot of the, the focus is on the not wanting to be the thing they were born. Right. That's rather right. than on the, I want to be this other thing. That's, that's right. That's what I'm, that's my perception. That's, right. that's why I, I'm against affirmative therapy. Because affirmative th therapy, come on, people. Therapy is about pushing back. It's about finding deep down inside what is going on. That's why you right. go to a therapist. Because if you knew what was going on, you wouldn't go to a therapist. But you're supposed to go to a therapist in order for them to dig the stuff deep and that's triggering you or making you feel. But with affirmative therapy, they're just literally saying, okay, whatever you say is fine. That so if is something is negative that's stimulating it, they're never yes. going to find out what it is. That's right. And so now a lot of these detransitioned kids are saying, well, I never got to talk about my trauma. And instead of talking about my trauma, they just overlaid it with, well, let's give you hormones. This will fix you. You'll be fine, which is clearly not. At, I transitioned at 30 years old. I did not right. transition at 10 or, or even 20. Right. I transitioned after living a life of a female for as long as I could. I really tried to do it. I actually did. Mm -hmm. I made a huge effort to embrace my female side, embrace my period. They kept telling me to do these things and I would do it. And it just didn't work. So people need to understand, I did not transition as a child and I did go through turmoil, whatever you want to call it, like you did and like every other human being on the face. Of right. The like earth. what, tell me what adolescent <laughs> doesn't face discomfort, you know, like when Absolutely. is that, when has that occurred? Um, now people, I would imagine that there were people who criticized you on the female side yeah. as like a traitor or, or yeah. saying, you know, did you get any criticism? Like, you know, what advantages do you want that you can get from appearing as a man, you know, did you get that? And did you, did you feel like, I know you heard, I heard when you were talking to Charlie Kirk, you said people hand you the check yeah. <laughs> and people are like, here you go. Here's the bill. That's right. you know? um, but there are other, like you said, you know, you might walk into a, a late at night into an elevator or something. Yeah, Nobody's yeah. going to mess with you. And, you know, no. so there probably 
certain advantages there, but then other, was that in your mind at all when you were, I mean, certainly when you were four years old, I think, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. were there at times when you were a child thinking like, no. was that any part of it or was it purely an, a, like a, it was a desire. An energy and appearance thing. Yeah, it was a desire. Now, I'm not going to say that some things probably didn't it, it didn't affect that. Like, I have a very masculine father, very, and I have two sisters, so it was three girls, and my dad always wanted to have a boy, and we were raised very masculine. Like, my sisters are still very hardcore. One's a police officer, the other one runs her own bit. You know, they're just very hardcore women, and some people would say, oh, they must be gay. You know what I mean? Because there's then there's these stereotypes, and right. I, and so I have a, two other sisters raised the exact same way I was totally pushed into this masculine space they're they're far from trans people they're very okay with being women so you know what I mean so why did I become this person and they didn't you know we were all raised within that same bubble and that same with a very masculine demanding father this is what I saw as masculinity is why I really do believe I'm sort of like hype when I transitioned I wanted to be hyper masculine if that makes sense I wanted to really be as masculine as I possibly could so nobody in the world would ever know that I used to be you know live as a woman Okay. So that's, I mean, that, you know, it's just, just trying to, to understand because sure. I, I really want to people to understand that gender dysphoria is a real thing. That's right. You know, and um, it's getting, I think, muddied. And that kind of brings me to that's my next right. question, mm-hmm. which basically is, um, you know, right now, They've taken what you've called gender dysphoria, what I would call gender dysphoria, what psychologists used to call it. Okay. (laughs) And now they've, you know, just quickly morphed it into identity. That's right. And my personal pet theory is that makes the self-diagnosis possible. That's right. Because we don't walk around self-diagnosing ourselves with (laughs) mental illness. I mean, well, some people do, but they shouldn't. It's more understood (laughs) that you shouldn't go saying, oh yeah, I'm bipolar. Like I just decided. But to say, I have this identity, who can say you don't, right? It's sort of implied that you get to pick your identity. Mm -hmm. So that has made self-diagnosis easier and so forth. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that switcheroo? And what would you like to tell the people allowing that? Oh my gosh, it's so dangerous. And you can see it already with detransition. So when you just let somebody diagnose themselves, what? Then why do we have a medical system? Number one. Number two, this is why I distinguish the difference between a transsexual person and a transgender person. I'm a transsexual person, which means I went through a medical system. I got a diagnosis. I did all the things that are supposed to be in play. You go through two years. You live as a the opposite gender before you do medical transition. You take it very slow. Hello. That's why I think I have a very successful transition. Today, you can actually self-ID. That means those people want to be trans. I don't want to be trans. I wish to God I was born a man. I never want this to be for anybody. This is a horrible space to be in. Yeah, I'm happy because I fixed the problem. But you know, if you knew what I had to do daily to live this person, it's like, it's a lot. It's always on my mind. It's not something that I just inject testosterone, get, you know, work out, do this, and I'm fine. I'm always going to be this person. I'm always going to have to medicalize myself. That's why I think it's so dangerous we have self-ID because those people want to be trans. It's an identity choice. This is not an identity choice. For me, I, my identity is male. I am not trans. Trans is the medical space that brought me, right? I always say transition means you are going from one space to the other, and this is the transition in order to have a better life. If you're transitioning and your life isn't better, then something is wrong. And most of the people who are self IDing are in that space that I see. 
Right. And, and you know what, this is something that you might get asked. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you, but I'm going to, mm -hmm. you've just described it was a kind of a long, painful process that you had mm -hmm. to go through. We're talking about 29, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. um, lots of therapy, all, all that kind of, plus you had yep. drugs and all that. If you're an adult and you've emphasized <laughs> that you transitioned as an adult, yeah. but surely someone's going to come to you, I would think and say, Okay, but wouldn't you have wished that somebody at school or a counselor or one of your therapists had affirmed you sooner, had given you treatment sooner, et cetera, et cetera? And if so, if you'd been a kid in school today, like you're, you know, your little buck, yep. and there you are feeling exactly as you did, yep. do you think it would have been appropriate for your teachers to affirm you and let you go change in the closet or, you know, whatever, or just go ahead and, and, socially transition you right there at school and then even help you medically transition. Do you think that would have been okay? Oh my God. First off, uh, I'm a parent. And if you're doing that <laughs> to kids, like get out of my face right now that, you know what? You don't own my kid. You're a teacher. Right. So when I was growing up, we didn't have teachers like that. We had cool. I had amazing teachers. You know, I struggled in school. I was not really a great academic person, but that, you know, probably because of stuff going on. But remember when I said earlier, my parents socially transitioned me. I would go to school in jeans and a t-shirt. I would get teased. Who cares? I fought. I kicked the butt out of those guys. Right. So, so for me, I know I wouldn't, I'm glad on some level that I had to sort of have. Turmoil. So, so you would even say, and, mm -hmm. and I've said this about my own bullying, which is kind of weird because I mean, yeah. you go you back to me like, oh, I, yeah, I wish right. they had bullied me, <laughs> but there's a side, there's a, there's a gift of pain to a certain degree. Like there's That's a right. side of it. I don't wish it on anyone. And I nope. certainly would obviously just, you said you wish you were born a man. I wish I was born without this like That's jaw right. that stuck out and, you know, I had to get it surgically fixed. I wish yeah. different things that said, I'm glad nobody swooped in and rescued me. That's so if right. it had to be, if it had to be that that was me and that was my lot in life, okay, mm -hmm. you know, luck of the draw, mm -hmm. then for me, I was okay. So would you say that your struggle was helpful to you in some way? Yes, 100%. I say it all the time. That's why people come at me. Well, Buck, you know, now you're just going to... Uh, going to take away the opportunity for some young kid. Now, wait a minute here. That's not what I said. First off, I said, no, for me, I'm glad I went through this and I want other people to see it. It's why I'm still visible in the trans world. As much as I get sort of soft in the face, I don't care. I'm there to show there's one buck out there who might need to see me. So I let that buck, little kid, little buck see me. But that being said, we're all different. And we are, we are, we are making this into a, a sort of monolithic space for these children. A minute a child says they're trans, what medicalize them no way jose that is not going to fly with me i'm not cool with that because that being said you have to let the child figure out what's going on with themselves the minute you medicalize you've now shoved them into a space right you've now said no you are trans and you are a boy what if that kid in, in, in another week says well actually i think i changed my mind which we all know sitting here right now kids do it all the time so right. i don't think you can take a child's word at face value at 10 years old when all their, and I never even knew that word trans at 10, right? I didn't have social media. I didn't have any of the influence that's happening today. I did not even know. I was just buck. And so, right. so to me, the fact that these kids are calling themselves trans is a red flag to me. It, it says to me, well, wait a minute. Most of the time we used to say, I feel like a boy or I feel like a girl. Now they're saying, I feel trans. Do you see the difference there? Right. So yeah. Like, it is like this. a box to be put That's in that right. has, carries with it like therapies and different, very specific things. That's um, right. Do you have a theory about why so many kids today are 
allegedly gender dysphoric. Okay, yes. like they're not even saying that anymore. So I don't even know if they're <laughs> yeah. gender dysphoric. I don't even know if they're gender dysphoric. That's right. That's right. They're yeah, saying I identify trans. They might not be gender That's dysphoric. Right. They just might want to want to be that. I, we don't know, and there's no way to find out. That's but right. here's what we do know: it's more girls. That's right. Than boys. That's right. Do you have a theory? Yeah, of course I do. We all know puberty sucks. And these kids are having puberty at an early. I had puberty at 15, which is late for a girl, right? So that being said, I didn't struggle with a lot of that stuff. But also I was allowed to be a boy. I was allowed to be masculine. I was allowed to be buck and run around and do those things. It wasn't it wasn't a problem. But 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 that being said, I think today, yes, girls are struggling with puberty. Girls, I mean, we always known that forever. Girls have had way, way more high rate of these things because there's a lot of stress for a young girl becoming a woman. And sexualization, right? I mean, people, it's creepy what happens to you when you start growing into your body. And, and, and so, of course, you don't want those things and you don't want that attention. And then on top of it, they're putting uh, what, what they're putting all these other sort of disorders on top of trans, right? So like certain people have certain disorders. That must mean they're trans. Like what? It, they have literally dismantled the actual diagnosis of gender dysphoria and what it means and why it's there. It is mm -hmm. so hurtful for a person like me to see these young kids say, I feel trans. That is not a feeling. Trans isn't a feeling. Trans is an actual disorder. And I get pushed back on that too. Oh, it's not a mental disorder. It's euphoria. I said, oh, wow. So now you're going to discount what I did 30 years ago because you all change in this. That's not okay. And that's, right. that is just actually dangerous behavior when you start yeah. to sort of co-opt a disorder, because this is a disorder. Nobody can ever take that away from me. I learned how to deal with my disorder. I, I feel happy that I got diagnosed. I feel happy that I have this diagnosis and I know what's wrong with me. And now mm -hmm. I can fix that problem. It's like anyone who has, I feel sick all the time. What's wrong with me? Oh, well, you have diabetes. Oh, right on. Now I can fix that and I can move forward. That's not what they're doing. They're using trans as now a political space or a place to be mad at the world or to, you know, I'm trans. You all hate me. I, we're marginalized. You, really? Marginalization 30 years ago. Yeah. Today we are far from marginalized. It's everywhere. Open right. anything up. You see trans. That's not marginalized. Yeah, pretty much not. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. And in fact, where people are tippy-toeing around, afraid to open their mouths or use the wrong pronouns. It's That's like, right. I, don't I think if you're like afraid to speak in front of people, you're probably not oppressing them. Um, what do you... <laughs> What about, um, what do you think is the real distribution? I mean, obviously it's a wild guess at this point sure. of people whose gender dysphoria is organic. Like what, well, there once upon a time, I think yeah. we had a guesstimate of the people who are yeah. like you for legit, That's like, right. you know, transsexual. Legit. That's right. So, so it's a small percentage it has always been a small percentage and it always will be a small percentage. That's the thing that people are. So not like 40% of a given. Class. <laughs> oh my God. All, all of a sudden out of nowhere, we're 40%. If that was yeah. the case, it would always have been like that. This is not new. Trans people have been around since cavemen. I bet there was tranny cavemen. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> you know, the dude wanted to wear the dress. <laughs> right, but right. who cares? That being said, we have been here forever. That's where people have to be like, wait a minute, what's happening? Why are so many young girls? Why is this a 40% increase in the last 10 years? Because, and then people say, well, it's because it's exposed. It's talked about. It was, how did I find it then? How did I find it 30 years ago with no social media, no cell phones, no internet, no nothing? How did I find it, right? How did the people before me find it? 
because we right. used to have a network. We had a we had a network where we found each other, which is what any sort of network does. So I, right. I disagree. Today it's become an identity choice that is way different than a medical space, and it's why they push on me, and it's why they push about biology because right. they're trying to make it into something that it is not. And yet I sit here and I think to myself, and then we're going to, I want to get into some questions about treatment and things like yeah. that, but I think to myself, oh, okay. But the consequence, if you're wrong is people have to wait. And I mean, you know, they're, they're waiting and they're taking time and they're getting therapy and wow. they're talking about things, right? The consequence, if they're wrong is the, the detransitioners, the, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are permanently maimed, that's right. sterilized, that's right, just suicidal, um, and other. I mean, that I just think that should, number should be zero. That number should be zero. <sighs> that's right. And it used to be we had very, very few people who detransitioned, very few, because we have what I call a safety net. They call gatekeeping, but I call safekeeping. If we don't have safekeeping, then we don't really care. We're like, put, who puts a child on medication? That first off, if you read everything about it, you'll be mortified that they're even putting little children on that. When women are saying, hold up, they gave it to me for this and it literally screwed my whole system up. What? They're lying. They are actually lying about those puberty blockers on pause. Because let me tell you this, if it was a pause, then why is almost 90% of the little kids put on these puberty blockers move over to so cross-sex hormones? It's not a pause. You're not pausing mm -hmm. it then. A pause means, hold up, wait a minute, let's think about this, kiddo. A pause would be mental health care. A pause would be, okay, sure, wear the boy clothes. Who cares? A pause right. would be nothing medical, nothing but mental health care. Be but yeah. it's not. They're medicalizing the pause, which then they just go on to cross those hormones. So it's a lie. It's a complete lie. It's not a pause. And you can't pause puberty, by the way. It's impossible. No, well, because there are processes that your body has to go through to be healthy That's in right. an adult form. That's bone right. growth, bone density, brain growth, development of your prefrontal cortex. All of these things rely right. on the pituitary gland and right. the hormonal changes that occur during puberty. People think puberty is just for sex, <laughs> like yeah. for, for reproduction. Puberty <laughs> is to take you from that state where you were a dependent little creature and take you to a point where you That's have right. an adult's physique, an yeah. adult's immune system, adult bones, everything you need to have to be like, bye, mom and dad. I'm going to go out and face the saber-toothed tiger by myself now yeah. and you know, be able to function. And you don't want to be in a, in a state of permanent childhood physically because then you are that's you're harming yourself that's self-harm that is first off no child can consent to blockers so i don't care what anybody says out there no child can consent to blockers so the parent is making that choice now that being said i understand i'm a parent if someone said that about my kid i'd be like uh this is totally crazy what do i do and the doctor says well it's a pause and blah 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 of course, you're going to listen to the doctor, but I. But in I've heard that in states, I think like in Oregon, Washington State, mm -hmm. um, I think even in California, they're mm -hmm. allowed to, you know, transition now as young as 13. Like that's right. They can't go. I mean, blockers aren't going to help you at 13. Probably it's too late to do the blockers. You're just going right. to go to straight to cross sex hormones. Yeah. But I think they're trying to get that moved down to like eight or nine. They are and things they like are. that. And so that if they change that consent law. I mean, it's game it's, over. Yeah. And it, it, it's, I'm telling you, I'm, I, I do not believe they will because too many okay. people are hearing it. And thank you for letting me on here so that I can also tell your, your people like, okay. no, 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 no. Blockers are the worst thing we could ever do for our, our kids. We cannot be doing that. We can, there might be one out of a hundred of those kids that actually 
might benefit, which I actually know a kid who was put on them at seven. And now he's, I think, 12 or 13. And he seems to be doing awesome, but he's only 12 or 13. What happens when he gets to be 20? And also, what about his sexual functioning? You know, sex saved my life. It really, honestly, through my transition and really understanding my body sexually changed everything for me. I was so disconnected to my body sexually because it wasn't a male body, right? But once I learned that I can be sexual with my body, everything else just sort of like, wow, it was amazing. It was like really beautiful and awesome. But if we're doing this to these kids at this age and they'll never have an opportunity to have a great sex life or even, you know, maybe even have kids if they want, what, who does that? And why would, why do they think that's better than letting a kid grow up with, okay, maybe he has to remove his breasts or maybe he's going to have small hands. I mean, look at me. I transitioned at 30. Can you tell that I used to be a woman? No. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, not it's no. I, I mean, it's 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 somewhat like even even though I know that's right. that's how hard it is, you know. So yeah. whereas there are other people where I can easily tell, and so it that's doesn't right. always work like it exactly. Always. And it, even kids on blockers, you can't you cannot you cannot tell me one hundred percent that that kid is going to benefit from that in a way that he'll never have any fit and female attribute. No way, you cannot prove that to me. Right. It's not possible. And conversely, sometimes they go on it and the voice changes permanently and then they detransition and they're sad because they'll never sound like a woman again. Oh my God. I have so many detransition friends because I can't stand it. It it kills me to see these kids who thought that they could be me and it wasn't for them and it breaks my heart. And so no way are we, am I going to sit here and let this community, whatever is happening here, make humongous lies at the expense of kids because we're using kids right now. It's horrible. There's, I noticed um, that somebody is saying in the comments as we were talking, um, Temp Everything says, I live in Oregon and next year they're requiring kindergarten age students to learn about puberty blockers at all public schools. Okay, that's indoctrination, kids. Come on, that is actual indoctrination. What child needs to know about puberty? They're six or five, depending on the age they go to, they go to kindergarten. Oh, that's ind- and anyone who says it's not indoctrination, you know, whatever. I don't have time for you because you're not hearing it and you're not you're not willing to open up your mind. You know, I'm willing to have, you know me, I go on all kinds of shows, yeah, right? Sure. I go on shows that people hate me and I go there because I'm willing to have that conversation. Sure. I'll, I'll even change my mind if you can actually show me proof that these blockers are going to make life so much better for these kids. Do you know who Jazz Jennings is, right? She's the I am Jazz. Yes, and- yes. Uh-huh. She went on blockers. And guess what? They couldn't make her vagina because she didn't have enough uh, penile growth, which is how they make the vagina. So they had to use her colon. They literally had to use her colon in order to make the vagina. What? How is that okay? And how is that better than maybe have gone through puberty, right? Wow. So how is that any better? Um, it's not. And then you have all kinds of other problems That's like right. later. Um, so I guess then it's safe to say that you're – that the you think the adults right now who are working with a, with and around kids in schools, these yeah. educators, the comprehensive yeah. sex ed people, the people at you know uh, the various groups like a maze and some of these things are put together. They're yeah. the programs in New Jersey. I watched a forum where they were there was a lawyer talking to all the school administrators and superintendents in the New Jersey schools, telling mm-hmm. them like, it is now the official policy that you will affirm. And I was like, the, they're like the government is like handing down for these educators, right. 
This is the policy. The, the, the superintendents and the principals were asking, okay, but how young? And there's like, oh, any age, they said, any age. And they said, well, how do we know that they mean it? How do, and, they, and the only standard was if they're persistent and they persist in it, then we affirm. Oh, the six field, if they're persistent. And so I'm sitting here and they're taking note, you know, I'm just watching this presentation that was given to them. The lawyer's talking about this yeah. is legally what you need to do. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. why aren't any of these adults, surely some of them are parents saying, and what if we don't want to, what if we disagree? That's what if it. we think the governor is wrong? What That's if it. we think the legislature is wrong? What if we think this is complete madness? madness? And instead I'm hearing this, okay, so the new policy is what? And they actually discussed how they're changing the computer system so they can have two files for <gasps> every child. One that the parent will see, wow. one that the parent doesn't see that's hidden and only for internal use. And they're speaking with some software engineers right now to figure out how they're going to build that and make sure there's no risk at all that oh that could God. be revealed oh to God. anybody, that to the parents. And they're actually oh having, God. it's on YouTube. And I'm sitting there watching oh this God. like, What's what, happening? The, what am I watching? And so the wow. adults, the, do you think they even come close to understanding what they're teaching the kids? Nope, no, no, no. And also because, oh my God, first off, that thing is insane. This is an actual mental disorder. Why is it at the forefront of a political space? Why are we teaching people about my disorder? Why is it, it's some, are, we do, are we teaching about diabetes? Are we teaching about HIV? Are we teaching about to six-year-olds? Right. Yeah. Why is now trans this thing that and, and affirming kids that say they're a trans animal? What if the kid says I'm a trans animal? You have to affirm that. It's so the state is now controlling how we talk, how we think, how we feel. Our children. What? People don't see the bigger picture. This mm -hmm. is only the beginning of control. They're literally trying to control the way we talk, the way we move. You cannot tell me how I will raise my child. You will not do that. I'll rip that kid right out of that school and take him somewhere else or homeschool right. him. Because no, maybe I don't want, no, as everyone probably knows, I am in the sex business and I have been in the sex business for a long time. That being said, I am there to create boundaries. I believe in boundaries. This is called adult entertainment. So when you exactly. start teaching certain children, and I'm totally against teaching certain age groups about sex and I work in the sex business and right. there's a reason for that because kids aren't prepared for that right now. Now I think at a certain age, we got to start talking about how our bodies grow, how, you know, this is a penis, this is a vagina. I, I talk to my 10 year old kid all the time about stuff like that. He has questions. He asks me, it's normal. But you're following the kid's lead. That's right. I so never the kid is originating the question, which is the same thing pretty That's much right. as the kids saying, and you're a trusted person. That's you're right. not, the teacher who's the authority figure right. they've been taught and socialized to defer to that person, that that person yep. know all this kind of stuff. So yep. Yep. to me, it's a completely different thing. It's totally um, different. It's I mean, who, who, who gave the teacher permission to talk about their LGBT cousins and hang flags. And you know, that's indoctrination. Number one, number two. Okay. What if, what if there's a Jewish person in the school who wants to hang their flag and talk about Judaism, people would lose their crap over that. Right. So what mm -hmm. is the difference and someone who's an LGBT member, which who gives a shit, and is literally plasting their room with pronouns, this, that, that's mm. not fair. That is totally not fair. Because what about the kids who aren't LGBT? Now they're going to yeah, start what? feeling left out. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're normies. They're, not <laughs> they're normies. They're and not they're, supposed to be normies. And they're going to um, want to join the club. They're gonna but it's funny, you just, you just compared 
indirectly, but still somewhat compared it to a kind of a faith or faith-based system, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because, you know, every time I've asked people about where, like Marcy, Dr. Marcy Bowers, Jazz's doctor, okay, Mm -hmm. says that gender dysphoria is not a mental illness. (laughs) It's not a mental illness, okay? (laughs) And that these things, and, you know, you talked about it being in a political space. They're claiming now that, that that this gender the sex is is assigned at birth Mm -hmm. as if doctors get it wrong okay (laughs) and so it's assigned at birth and that everything attached to that including what you display on your body is a social construct it's all a construct and so and when you teach abstracts to little kids like social constructs like (laughs) going oh what so i i think i mean I, I just feel like there's got to be an agenda. Yes. Do you think yes. they are, when I say they, I mean the people who are passing off the ideology yeah. of trans and gender ideology. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, I know what I think, but do, what do you think about that agenda? What do you think it is? Or do you think they have one? What's going on? Well, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it because it's, you know, my community, but it's not really my community anymore. I don't relate to any of what's happening. Uh, I, I, I I feel as if there, it is an ideology on some level, but I also feel like there's money attached to it. You know, I do believe that. I did a lot of, of due diligence. So they don't. They don't want insurance coverage for disability. Oh, wait, yes, they do. Oh, yeah, but wait, they, they do. Want become, That's right. But That's they right. don't want it to become a disability because politics? I mean. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They're all over the place. They're the most hypocritical bunch of people I've ever seen in my life. Like, literally, if this, if I didn't have this disorder, I wouldn't have medical care, right? So if you want to take that off the table, take it off the table for you. But do not take that off the table for me because I am okay with my disorder, and whether you like it or not. So that's the thing is this, can, who's ever running the show is about, has to be about money because now we're creating trans surgeons, we're creating trans doctors, top surgery is out of control. Just go on TikTok, look at all the little girls taking their breasts off and doctors aren't even thinking twice about taking a 16 year old girl's boobs off. Is that ethical? Is that actually ethical to, to take a child's boobs off and not put the nipples back on and say, oh, it's okay. You don't need them. Nipples aren't important. Actually, nipples are very important. Go do your research on nipples and you'll see wow. they aren't very important. <laughs> um, if you, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's there. It, I can't shake the feeling that there's, it, it goes beyond money and yeah. there is a sinister kind of component to it yeah um in that yeah. you know i wonder how many of these people are inter- have internalized misogyny like they're just like right. kind of projecting some actual hate That's right yeah on women that they aren't maybe aren't aware of but it's coming out that way if you want to cut up little girls i'm sorry i don't want to know you there's something wrong with they're you. literally destroying little girl they literally yeah. destroying little girls they are and why is it only little girls it's very few young guys you know i'm all believe me i'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't know about that. But that being said, I'm seeing a bigger picture here. And I'm seeing a bigger picture of why are we pushing these kids so quick? Why is it accessible for a 16-year-old to have top surgery and not get her nipples put back on and then celebrate it all over TikTok? Like it's this, we never celebrated those things. We well, just did it to enable to move forward in our in our life. Even the argument that we have to get the kids very young to protect trans people, you know, to protect people, to protect them from suicide, to have them be tolerant and all those kind of things. How many, how many eight-year-old suicide victims do we have? That's right. How how many eight-year-old haters? How many little six-year-old kids are going out there hating on LGBT? Like this, 
when I hear people talk about children and what they need to teach children, I'm really pretty convinced that either they have malicious intent, yep. they know exactly how children mature and develop and they have malicious intent, or they're as ignorant as a human could ever be. Like they, <laughs> they don't know the first thing about children, including having memories of themselves as children. Like, do you not remember being eight or 10 I, or 12 or anything? Because yeah, I'm thinking back and like, None of this rings true. And I know I'm not everybody, but you know, even if I talk to other people in my generation, That's we're right. like, yeah, I don't recall ever having any thoughts like that at all. Like that's I wasn't right. walking around going, how many different ways can I hate people? Oh, I shouldn't do that. Thanks for telling me. Yeah, that's right. And that's why I'm saying they're actually giving these kids the language. That's very culty. Once you start yeah. giving language, pronouns, you know, I feel unsafe. They all say, I feel unsafe. Go live 30 years ago and you'll feel unsafe, my friend. <laughs> people right. can't even miss miss this, you know, miss, uh, gender you without being thrown in jail now. So I don't know what you're talking about with this, uh, this, they're giving this like way of being this victimy way of being, I'm far from a victim. I never will be a victim. It's why I really right. try to say, look, you guys, we are not victims. We have right. come a long way. People actually care about us, but we're not being honest. When we say biology is a social construct, we're saying that to 99% of the world out there. They're going to push back on us. You cannot right. be dishonest about who and what you are. I've always been honest, okay? Right. And, and because of my honesty, literally the world likes me. I don't have any yeah. issues. I have issues with the community, which is quite fascinating to me. Everyone else yeah. is totally chill with me. Yeah, most people really. I mean, this notion that there's hate everywhere. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Feels like that's real. your that's your privilege talking. Um, <laughs> so, so now that you have this, I, I, you have my meager little platform. But you know, here it is. What would you like to say if you were speaking directly to teachers, counselors, and therapists mm -hmm. who work in you know in schools and around children right now, where you know in pretty much all states where mm -hmm. this has become the norm now that we've got to, we do the affir affirmation thing. We've got transition clauses. We're socially transitioning and we're taking oh, steps to keep secrets from parents. What would oh. you like to say directly to them? Because if they think they're doing good and are well-meaning, what would you like them to know? So at first I'd like to say this, you are teaching children bad behavior. When you teach your child to lie to their parents about bad, number one, how dare you as a teacher? take that in as your space. That is not your child. We are giving you our children to learn. We are, we are actually hopefully feeling that we can trust you with our children all day long and that you're not teaching them things that we don't know about. That is horrifying to me because what else are you teaching them that we don't know about, right? So first yeah. off, stop doing that. That is the most insane thing I've ever heard of. How dare you lie to a child? They're lying. They're literally telling their kids to lie to their parents. We'll be your parents. Well, that's weird, groomy, weird shit. Like, oh, I'm your parent now. Like, what? No, you're not. Stay away from my kid, you weirdo. So, so there's that. Number two, keep your private life at home. Nobody needs to know that you're gay. Great. Put a nice picture of you and your wife or you and whoever on the, on the desk. That's great. This is my wife. We're good. We're lesbians. Let's move on. That's the way it should be. It shouldn't be like all day long talking about gender and how, because now I don't know what's going on. And that should have never been part of school. If a kid, one of those kids out of 30 in the, in the class are trans, maybe. But now like half the class is trans. Well, how did that happen? I wonder why. Because now all of a sudden they're hearing it. So they want to be part of it because it's the cool thing to do. Don't in any way, shape or form think you are doing something good. You are actually doing something very dangerous and very bad when you lead kids down a path that's not for them. 
Okay. And what is your best? I mean, yeah, I just like, I'm just like, preach, go, go, go. Um, what is your best argument for waiting? For saying to the kid who, you know, may be That's organically right. transsexual. Okay. Maybe right. may have real genders for it, but what is your That's best right. argument even to that child That's or that right. child's parents or that child's therapist or whatever mm -hmm. for waiting and transitioning as an adult? Mm -hmm. The uh so what first off, look at me. I waited. I'm perfectly fine. I'm actually better than I've ever been in my whole life. I'm successful. I'm a, a businessman, entrepreneur, all of it. And I didn't even graduate high school. So there you go, my friend. So don't think like waiting is going to make this situation. Yes, I had suicidal ideation, but I did not kill myself. Okay. So yes, everyone, a lot of people in the world have suicidal ideation, not just trans people. Just so you that know. That is true. Yes. Very true. There's a lot of things that teenagers go through. That's right. And we don't take drastic permanent steps to alter their body. You know, like That's people right. have anorexia, we don't give them lipo liposuction. That's right. <laughs> Even though they're, they're obviously trying to kill themselves just slowly one deprived meal at a time. That's right. To make light of it, but that's what it no. is. It's a kind of a slow suicide. So um, slow down. I, I always tell yeah. parents to slow down. Please find yourself a therapist. That's not affirmation. Please don't do that. No, number three, most of the time, a child who socially transitions like I did will actually desist and move forward in life and become a lady like you and move forward. So, you know, I don't want a kid to be trans. I'll be honest with you. I do not want this for any child. I hope to God that the child can grow out of it and move on and have a healthy life. This, I couldn't grow out of it and I didn't grow out of it. And I was lucky enough to be able to find medical to be this, but I don't actually out there advocating for kids to transition. In fact, I advocate for kids to be left to be kids and then they'll figure it out. And if they're trans, right on, we're, we have a system where we can fix this kid and move them forward. Or if they're not trans, right on, and they figured out their way. But you, do you understand what I'm saying? I like, totally do. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, though. The, the well -mean, there are well-meaning parents, yes. just like they're probably well-meaning teachers who are yes. just wrong and they're, you know, whatever. However, here's why I have a lot of sympathy for these parents, okay? Yeah. They're put, especially in some of these states where they're getting really aggressive with this affirmation therapy. Yeah. Yeah. and standardizing it and so forth, where parents have lost their children. Just like in Canada, now it's happening in the West Coast. Kid, parents have not done the affirmation to the satisfaction of the teachers who have referred them to social workers who have said, well, we're going to put your child in a group home. There was mm -hmm. also a case in Virginia wow. where a girl was put in a group home and thus trafficked all over the country from uh, the group home. What? And it's an absolute nightmare. And so here's what I feel so bad. You know, I was going to ask you, what do you advise well-meaning parents to do? Yeah. And obviously yeah. you want them to wait, but yeah. they're, they're running into problems like my advice yeah. for what it's worth is if yeah. your child starts to show signs that they have gender dysphoria, mm -hmm. get them the hell out of the school like <laughs> right. immediately, like before they have yeah. a chance. I personally say pull them before that. You yeah. pull every kid because that's my thing. Yeah. But if you have, if you have your kids in the school and you're still kind of figuring things out, but your kid is in a class where there's a lot of, you know, we have the gay straight Alliance club and yeah. come to the yeah. rainbow club and those be very wary because the biggest fear I have is the kid's going to let on to the teacher. You know, sometimes I kind of feel like a boy and it's game on. That's right. And you know, if you got to get out because one day too many, they decide you're abusing or right. oppressing your child mm -hmm. and you're not going to be able to help your child go slow, take therapy, nope. don't transition. They're going to yep. decide you're not doing it fast enough That's and right. therefore they'll take over parenting your kid. And I'm terrified for these parents. Oh my God. That is the biggest nightmare ever for any parent to think that the state 
has control over coming in and taking your child away, not because you're beating them up, not because you're doing fucked up shit to that kid, only because you're not affirming their gender. What? Since when are you telling me that this is the way I have? I know my child more than you do. If my child came in here right now and said, hey, dad, you know what? I kind of think I'm trans. I'd be like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. You're hearing that from your kid friends. I know what's going on. That's my relationship with him, right? And he'd be like, okay. I'm, you know what I mean? Because I have a seriously honest relationship with this kid. And there's no way. But, but my point being is I would know. I would know as a parent. I watch my kid. I would know right. that he was getting sucked into some nonsense at school, right? And, right? and that's what's happening. So I think on some level, you're right. If, if it starts to feel like that, Get that kid out of wherever he's right. seeing. Get him off TikTok. Get him off all of the stuff that he's literally seeing and feeling. It, it's easy to influence a kid. We all know that. It's so right. easy. It is. But Ugh. I was. That's kind of. I guess like my my last question would be. You know, it is so easy to influence kids. At the same time, it's so difficult to persuade them that the influencers yes. that's right. are wrong and that's you're right. right. So. What, do you have any ideas there, whether it's for parents or mm -hmm. for other, you know, well-meaning like an aunt and mm -hmm. uncle, whatever. So mm -hmm. if the kid you're, you're sitting there and you want to try to present the other side of the story from the mainstream yeah. side of the story yeah. without alienating them, pushing them away or, or God right. forbid, pushing them deeper down the rabbit hole. That's right. Is there like. I know it's so hard. So, so you know what I say? I get parents write me all the time. Oh my God. They write me all, help me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I, I feel for you. I wish I could literally come to your house and have a talk with your kid because they need to talk to Trampa. These kids need to be sat down and talk to Trampa. But, but that being said, what I say to the parents is this, first off, don't lose your kid. Do not lose your kid. You've got to understand if you push against that kid, you will lose them. You actually will lose them because they're being told to leave you. They're being told that if, if you don't affirm uh, them and you don't do all these things, they are being told to leave you. So there's that. So I always try to get the parent to say whatever. So, so I'm not telling you to transition your child. I'm telling you, it's like, okay, maybe they want to be called Bobby. Just do it for now. Just, do, it's not a big deal. A name, who cares? Even if they want to wear boy clothes, who cares? On some level, you're just not alienating your child because the Got minute it. you start alienating your child, oh my God, good luck getting that stuff back because then they go where? They go to the weirdos. They go to the other kids and the other kids keep telling them the same thing. Then eventually they find the adult, right? And the adult is like, well, your parents are horrible. And, you know, right. I'll be, you know, I, I'm telling you, I watch it all the time. And so right. I've had parents write me back and say, thank you, Buck. That, that was really kind of what we needed to do right there. And I said, it doesn't mean you're okay with it. It's sort of, it just means that you're sort of acknowledging it and willing to have the conversation. And then that's not just cutting off the communication. I, right. I do believe once you cut off the communication, you're actually kind of like saying to the kid, well, go fuck you. You're never going to be trans and that's that. And then they're just going to shut you out. Right. So you just yeah. kind of say like, you know, let's make a deal. Yes. Um, we're going to, we'll, cool. we'll do this. And yes. then when you are 18, I mean, do you think it would even help to explain to the child um, about their own biology? Yes. Yeah, like I know right yes. now it feels like crap and like you feel, you feel so many feelings yes. and that's normal. And, yes. you know, I know it, it seems hard and, you know, it's hard to be patient, but you yes. are going to be, your body's changing every day right. and let's just see what happens and let your body kind of do its natural thing. Excellent. And, and in the meantime, if they, you could find a caring therapist, the challenge right now is that even therapists are under the gun 
That's and right. Getting, you know, you want right. to take your license from you if you don't do this. And, you oh. know, I just, oh. I just feel like, you know, the, the, just like this, what this channel is about, diversity of thought, that it's missing yeah. from yeah. the discussion on this topic probably more than anything. That's right. That's it's, it is. And the thing is, it's like, look, again, I said, I don't care about these adults. I feel bad that a 20 year old girl cuts her boobs off. But hey, you know, maybe you should. You got the Internet at your fingertips, kiddo. <laughs> what are you doing? Right, like exactly. you literally can like research this whole thing. But when it comes to a 10, 11, 12, even 14 year old, we got to we got to really have a serious conversation here about right. this. And it's I not agree. so fast tracking because you can see a lot of these kids go on the D transport. A lot of them eventually right. just said, I'm not really trans. And luckily they didn't do the medical space, but their parents sort of, so it is a very hard space to be in because you don't want to affirm them being trans because they're probably not. Yeah. But at the same time, you've got to find that middle ground. You know, I'm the middle ground guy. It's, it's really where I am in my life right now. I'm trying to bring these two crazy sides to, to like at least have a conversation. Uh, right. but, but I do, but I do as a parent, I know once I don't have communication with him, all, all bets are off. He, he clams yeah. the door. He goes in his room. He won't talk to me for a couple of days. Right. So you yeah. don't want that forever. No. forever. And, we, and all parents face that. It may not be about, you know, gender transitioning, but it, it's, you know, we have other things that you have to think That's about. Right. The, kid, the kid says, you know, I want to uh, shave half my head. I want to, you know, pierce <laughs> my nose. And, you know, totally. like, there's other things where you're like, <laughs> oh boy okay <laughs> so now what do i do uh you know i totally. mean we, we you know if sometimes it's small sometimes it's i don't want to have breasts anymore and that's obviously really a big that's one. a whole and other level a whole we, other can, level. we can show them what you just said we can show them like you know it's it's hard right now you know mom went through this i know i completely relate to you you know i, I didn't like having my boobs when they first came out but now i love them and they're amazing and you know well so and for most of us that would be honest that's right because that's it's right. like i'm sitting here like really round up 10 people and how many of those 10 were like yeah puberty was totally no big deal and it was fine you know that's like, right that's right had some degree of i'm wearing giant shirts <laughs> because i don't like this and that's then of right. course you know now our kids are are keenly aware because of 24-hour news media and social media whatever they're keenly that's aware funny. of people being objectified that's a whole other conversation yeah um thank yeah. you so much ego brain uh for the super chat what we're gonna do now is um Thank you. Uh, we're, I think like we've just got like two, three more minutes. If somebody has like a really pressing question that we didn't get to here before we go over to Patreon, if you'd like to throw it up, I'll ask it. We'll we'll ask answer it real quick. Otherwise, we're gonna head over there. Um, anybody got anything for Buck? In the meantime, while I'm waiting, giving them a chance, where should people follow you? Find you? What's your? Oh, thank you. What do you want to promote? Well, you know, you can find me on Twitter, but watch out. It's a shit show. But, you know, I'm the honest tranny. <laughs> so if you want the real scoop, <laughs> follow me. Right. And then I'm right. on Instagram, Buck Angel, and I'm on Facebook, which I'm not a big fan of, but official Buck Angel. And then my website, Buck Angel. So, okay. Buckangel.com. So just anyone who needs anything, just reach out. I'm pretty accessible. All right. Awesome. Well, it looks like, it looks like we covered the topic pretty well. So guys, we're going to sign off of here and then probably at, at about five after the hour or so, we're going to go live on Patreon at the reason we learn Patreon. I hope to see some of you there. We've got, I've got some more questions for Buck that d don't strictly speaking have to do with kids. They have to do with some other things that he talked to Charlie right. Kirk about that I desperately <laughs> want to talk to him about. So uh, that's your, there's your hint. <laughs> I'll see you over there. <laughs> In the meantime, thanks everybody so Take much. Care, Bug, stick around and we will be right back. Okay.